Hello, Cheval Maidenberg. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> I am. I am feeling so special that I am your first guest you on are your my cup friend. of consciousness. Welcome to your cup of consciousness. <laughs> okay, let's hear, let's let's hear the intro. How does it go? Hello, 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 my beautiful soul tribe. Welcome back to your cup of consciousness. This is your host, Cheval, and this is a very special guest, Josh. Hey guys. <laughs> All right. So, what's going on? What are we What are we talking about today? So, we, we were literally just talking like five minutes ago, and we, this has been going on for like weeks since we connected, and us talking about like our challenges with our our families, and particularly with you and I, like our our moms. Yeah. And before before I even dive into saying my my opinions or my thoughts on this. I just want because I know my mom's likely out there listening to this. <laughs> Mom, I love you so infinitely. And I honestly feel like I'm not even the greatest son in the world for not even telling you how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate all the sacrifices you've made for me, everything you've done for me, all everything, all the love that you give you've given me over the years. But you you annoy the hell out of me sometimes. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and I say that with love. And I, I feel like this topic, what this is opening up, is how we can use our triggers with it with our families and the uh, the dynamics within our relationships with our with our mom or any of our family members. How we can use those triggers as almost signals for what needs work. Yeah, you know, because if it's triggering, that means that there's something there that's still sitting exactly. heavy that you need to work through because you know it's, it's triggering an emotion otherwise it wouldn't touch you it wouldn't bother you exactly for example if you were wearing a purple shirt and somebody said to you that's an ugly yellow sweater you'd you wouldn't get it triggered by it because you'd realize like it's not even like true like it's not uh -huh. something that you care about like exactly. or if someone said you're too tall cheval that wouldn't trigger you because you don't think of yourself as too tall, tall. right? Yeah. But like, for example, like people used to call me short and that would trigger me. People used to call me fat and that would trigger me, but it's only because I was insecure about those things myself. Yeah. But once yeah. I transcended those insecurities and I stopped thinking myself of myself as too short or too fat or too anything, like if someone were to call me short or fat, that wouldn't trigger me anymore because I've already healed that. Exactly. Right? And and speaking of stuff like that, like my mom used to do that as like as much as I loved her and everything, but she would I would get really triggered by her telling me like, Are you sure you wanna leave the house looking like that? Like wow. you should like do you like like I think you need a little bit more makeup. I don't like that shirt, I don't like this. And I used to like internalize it and just like kind of like beat myself up for that. And then How old were you when she would do that? That it was up, to, up until I was like 22, it really bothered me because I really, I, I wanted to approve for one. And I also felt so interested in my skin for a while that I needed to want to like separate myself from her and understand I don't need her approval. And it's really like a matter of think about what I wear. Right. And, you know, then work on my own conflict. Right. Um, How do you think that like impacted your? like self-expression and your freedom going through like your, your, your school years. And how do you, like, how did it impact your sense of confidence? It like, completely muted it. I didn't have a sense of me. I didn't have a, a way to express myself. Like I didn't know what I even liked. I just liked what I was told that I liked because I wanted to play it safe and gain the approval of my mom. And that's why, like when, once I started going to like festivals and like being around such open-minded people who like express themselves so confidently and freely then I started to you know express myself and she didn't like it in the beginning and so I didn't care and now now she's wearing half the things that you know I'm wearing <laughs> she's she's learning she's wearing a pine cone <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. and you being like in a Jewish family that like aside from just like um all these like materialistic things like what what you look like or what you're wearing you also had like this overbearing pressure to live like this perfect Jewish life, right? Yeah, yeah, I still do. It's, I still do. Even today, something she triggered me this, like earlier. My brother and, and my niece and nephew like they drove by, so we said hi to them, 
and my nephew was saying something to her in Hebrew because my brother was working on it with him. And then I answered him in English. I was like, oh my God, Duvan, that's amazing. Good for you. And she's like, why are you speaking to him in English? I'm like, because I speak English. <laughs> and it just triggered me because she wants me to just stick to like yeah that that would trigger me too it's, it's like why do you think just because you have this title of mom and yes it's a great title and, and like i respect it however just because you're a mom doesn't mean you know the right way and i, I, I feel like so many people who are parents they think just because they're a parent they know what's right when at the end of the day, you're just a big ass kid who doesn't, who's still figuring things out for yourself. Like until you've learned to like master yourself, how are you gonna tell me how I should live my life? Because I don't think that parents, especially like our parents, because of their generation, they didn't, like you said to me a couple of times, like they didn't have that sense of, you know, like looking inward and, and looking at themselves and understanding that they're still children and there's still there's there's a lot of shit that they need to like work through. They don't see themselves like that. So they just take their life experiences and whatever they learn and they're like, okay, now I need to just project this onto my child because if I do, I will protect them from the shit that I want to do. Right. And it's it, it doesn't always it's not we don't want that. And we usually don't want that. And that's what the fight is. Right, exactly. Like if, if if there were, if there would be one thing that like I wish my mom had like she 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 has gotten to the state now because she went through her life coach training and she's learned to let go as a parent. But mm -hmm. like I wish going back I, my mom would have just let go a little bit more and stopped and didn't try to control everything about me and my life and what decisions I make and like first off I have like empathy for that because one i don't even know what it's like to have a be a parent and to mm -hmm. have a and to raise a child literally have them be inside of you for nine months and then mm -hmm. literally have them be dependent on you for several years until they can start to like probably like four to five years until they can start to somewhat get around on their own so like yeah. you're literally with your little child every single day so i can understand why there would be some fear in kind of letting them go out on their own but there comes like this balance of like, you, you do what you can to teach, but then you realize your kids need to go make their own mistakes. They need to go make their own choices. They need to go learn on their own. They need to figure life out for themselves. When you're just being told this is the right way to do things, this is the wrong way to do things, and you need to do that now without ever making a mistake. It's- How do you learn? How do you practical. learn? How do you learn, right, mm -hmm. exactly. It is. But I think that they're doing it because they think that like that's way their way of showing love. That's their way of protecting us as much as possible because it is, you know, in this world like people people do hurt other people. So I think that they're just trying to protect us. And right. it's just suffocating us in the end and it's just triggering to us, especially now that we're adults and we're concentrating on, you know, growing and, and learning from our our, our mistakes. So if you come into my life and you tell me I can't do certain things, how am I going to learn from my future mistakes if I just follow whatever you thought, like you tell me to do? Right, exactly. That's not my thing. And they're likely just doing what they were taught by their parents, or not even taught. Like these, these are more so things that are kind of picked up through like observations, through mm -hmm. people like observing how their parents did things to them, and then they essentially just start doing to their own kids what their parents did to them instead of like recognizing the mistakes from their parents like i, mean, I, I don't think they could see it right no not at all like i i feel like i have learned so much of what not to do from like my parents that like when i do have kids that i know it, i i know i want them to grow up to they i want them to grow into their like own unique individual yeah. self and not have like these set of rules like obviously there's guidance there's support there's mentorship but mm -hmm. at, but at the same time it comes with this level of letting go and like go do your own thing little johnny like you're, you might get hurt you might burn yourself but like you'll learn from it but like okay but you got to this idea of how you want to raise your children because you did the work yourself before right. you you actually let go you didn't understand i don't know if you if you did or not. I know for me, speaking for myself, that I didn't understand what it means to let go. 
So now that I know right. that I can, I can actually practice that for my future, for my children. But like, if someone doesn't know how to let go, especially from the one thing, like children, especially for, like, I think especially for mothers, because they come out of the womb, they are so precious to them. And they're like, it's a part of their body. That's like, that's how my mom described me. She's like, you're literally a part of my body and I feel you. So they're trying, I feel like they're trying so hard to, to protect us and guide us because they just want us to, to just be happy. I right. forgot what you yeah, I don't know. Yes, like that too. Like there's a lot of it is from this place of love. Like they want you to be happy and successful and maybe not to make the same mistakes that they did, but it doesn't come across as love. It comes across as fear because they're, they're fearing that you're going to make the wrong choices. They're fearing that you're going to make bad decisions. They're fearing that you're going to end up a failure. And because they're like invested, their identity is invested in your identity like your mom said like she feels like you're a part of her so she feels like if you fail then she fails yeah right and then if she if i fail and then she fails then what are people going to say about me especially because it's a cultural aspect of it right you know? like yesterday like something came up from my past that like really hurt me and was really traumatic to me and then she was saying what about me what about what I went through with you? And I'm like, I understand that I put you through a lot, but put yourself in my position going through what I went through. Like, why does this have to be about like you? Yes. I don't understand. Like I chose for the traumatic thing to happen to me for it to then, you know, ripple and, and, and hurt you. Like, I don't get it. I'm, that's right. <laughs> right. I, I totally agree with that. And like, I feel like, like I said at the beginning, like, I don't want any of this to come across as me sounding like an ungrateful child mm -hmm. where like I'm entitled and like, I'm just trying to tell you how to parent. That's like, that's not it. Like, I feel like, like kids have a lot to teach their parents and parents have a lot to teach their kids. And like, like we're both teaching each other, but I feel like a lot of parents, they, they're not open to learning from their kids. No. And, and that's, that's like something that I've always observed with my mom where it's almost like there's this sense of pride like mom correct me if i'm wrong but like it seems like there's some like deeply ingrained sense of pride where like you can't learn from your kids because you're supposed to be the one teaching your kids for sure and then when you try to they get so mad and they yep. shut down <laughs> because they're supposed to be the one to teach they're the ones supposed to be in authority and that you come to them. So it is, it is in a sense, it, it does hurt their pride. But I hope to be, you know, for me in my future, I mean, I don't know how it's gonna be. It's easier said when we don't actually have children of our own. Right. But I, at least I will, I will work towards being mindful and in awareness of how I'm coming off. And then I will also be open and ask my children in the future, like, how, how am I doing? Like, I wanna, I wanna have that kind of conversation with my child. Right. Right. And, and I, I feel like we have these almost like pre-written relationships with people. Like you have like a paradigm of a relationship with mm -hmm. each specific person. Like you have like a type of relationship with your dad and a different type of relationship with your mom and a different type of relationship with your friends. So like it's almost like we've ha we have like this molded relationship with our parents of this there being this dynamic of like mother and son or mother and daughter. And I feel like once we grow up and we become our own sovereign individuals, mm -hmm. we have to learn how to kind of shift our relationships and transition into more than just a mother-son relationship. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what I'm stuck in with my mom where it's just this constant back and forth of this mother-son dynamic. And we were not able to explore like the power of like a friendship. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather be friends with my mom than just be like her son. There's more power and like, right, ex exactly. Like I, I want to be able to have more than just, I want to be able to be more than just a son to my mom. And I want my mom to be more, more than just a mom to me. Yeah. Like I want to be able to be her friend. I want to be able to talk about things without her judging me because she has her own preconceived beliefs on what she wants her kids to do. Have you said that to her? Yes, I said that to her before, like when I try to bring up my like in the past, I've tried to have a conversation with her about like the transformational experience and the healing experiences that I've had on like psychedelic medicines, including ayahuasca and mushrooms 
and instantly it, I can just see in her eyes where like she just instantly turns off yeah. where she's like I don't want to hear about that I don't want to hear about my son doing drugs I don't want to hear about this I don't want to hear about that the fear but, like, you know comes into her brain she's scared she's like oh my god my son is doing that so she's becoming and she instantly shuts off because she has these preconceived beliefs about what drugs are and that she doesn't like them and she doesn't want her kids doing them. So instantly we can't have like an authentic relationship. How like how are we, how am I supposed to have an authentic relationship with somebody who I can't even talk about the most expansive and transformational experiences of my life? I mean, it's 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 the hard truth, but sometimes maybe it, it it's baby steps that you can get her to do that. Like, what if you start small? You know, like, what if you start just in, like sharing smaller things that are more conservative that won't scare her as much so that you can build that peer or friendship with her, you know, and then maybe right. later on bring it into, into, into. Because, I guess that's true. Because I feel like if, like, if I came to my mother right now, who literally, you know, the only thing, if she, she hears mushrooms, she thinks it's literally like heroin, you know, that's just what she thinks. <laughs> yep. So if I told her that I, you know, have been using plant medicine and, and it helped me grow or anyone in my family, they would just look at me like I have, you know, thrown out all my responsibilities and just don't care. But that's because they're, they're, they want to protect me. And that's because they don't have the knowledge that we do. And it took us a long time to get to where we are. It took us being really open minded to everything. And we didn't initially like agree with everything. We had to we have to, you know, slowly get right. into it, you know, especially me. Like it took me three years to even open up to the fact that I I want to try psychedelics. And it's because right. I, I came from such a closed, culturally, like, fearful, you know, mindset. Right. Do you feel yeah. like your family has, like, kind of at all, like, a, adjusted or kind of accepted your lifestyle or Absolutely. your choices you're making? Yeah. This is what I wanted to say before, because you, you said something, and I, I wanted to just pick up on it. Like, we grow up, right? We're, we're children. And then we grow up and then we realize that we can actually become peers to our parents because we're closer in age and in our, our, in our mentality, you know, we can share certain like mentalities, right? But you have to break, you have to like wake up because, you know, I was a kid up until I was like 21, you know, and then I started realizing like, wait, my parents are not me and I am me and they are separate from me. And like yes. all the things that they have done to raise me, which I'm grateful for, they've done a lot of, like my mom has devoted a lot of time and energy into, you know, listening to me and, and being like a therapist for me. But now I'm like faced with the, with the, with the choice of, okay, like there's certain things I like and there's certain things I don't like. And I had to look at it, at it from like a different perspective. And then like, start to, you know, break the codependency around my parents and also start to build boundaries, healthy boundaries. Because if I didn't build healthy boundaries, and it takes a while to do that because they're not they're not gonna like you setting a boundary. They hate that because then they're losing grip on their child. They're starting right. to, to realize that they have to respect you as an adult. So it took right. me a while to do that, break the codependency, not really fear what my mom has to think about me because I want to have more time for myself. Or, or like, I remember she she used to only want to go to the gym with me because like to take gym classes or, or she won't go to the gym. So I wouldn't, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do my own thing. So she would tell me that she gained weight and that she's spending money at this mem at the membership for no reason. And I'm like, go to the gym without me. So she like, you know, I had to break the codependency of not feeling like, like a bad daughter, not to going to the gym with her. And she had to also break that dependency on me having to go to the gym with me. You know, it's just, right. you have to teach them. Right. One, 100%. Like you got to teach. It's almost like we have to teach and train our parents to see us as we are. Yep. Because for so long, they've seen us as they want us to be. Mm -hmm. Like, like we don't know what it's like to have a kid inside of us for nine months. And for the whole time, like you to be like envisioning like the life you want your kid mm -hmm. to have. So like you, you have all people have kids almost with the selfishness of, I want my kid to do this. I want my kid to be that. My kid's gonna be an amazing artist or my kid's gonna be super woke. Even when it's like the conscious things, like my kid's gonna be woke. What if your kid's not woke? Yeah. Like what if, you, what if you're a con, like, like what if we have a kid and the kid decides that he wants to be a banker and he loves sports and going to bars? <laughs> like, 
like th that's kind of like a thought experiment to play with yourself. It's like there's likely going to be some desire to kind of guide your child in the direction that you want them to go. Yeah. But you kind of have to have that inner wisdom and that inner knowing that you need to let go and let your kid develop into their own human being. Like your kid is not yours. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you were just a portal for your kid to come into the world. Like your vagina was just a portal <laughs> for the child to be birthed into this world. After that, yes, you're their care caretaker, but that's a choice that you made to have a child. And that's a responsibility that you took on to be the mentor or the guide and the teacher for this child to develop into their own individual and their own sovereign human being. So you need to let go. And like, you need to take responsibility for the child that you've created and have brought into this world. So there's one, but then also you need to let go when they become their own human being and stop seeing them as just this child. Like mom, I am an adult. I am, I am a, a grown mature individual who is, who has a lot to offer this world. I'm my own individual. But I'm not just this little child. No, like she still sees me as this little child. In she, all the... Think Go about ahead. it. Like She was your little, like you were her little baby and she saw the thing, like she got attached to you. She saw all the cute little things that you did. She got like so in love with you, you know? So that's so hard to break that. And like right. to, to see them as their own individual independent person, they still see you as their baby. They're always going to see you as their baby, no matter what, even if you're 65. Right. You know, so that's what, that's what's hard for them to do. 100%. Like we're not taking, like I, we're not taking that away. Like totally understand. Like we'll probably feel the same way. Yeah. But lo when you love someone, like it's, it's almost like the story that I heard of this little girl who just got a new bunny. Her parents took her to the store and um, to get her a pet. So she got this big bunny and she loved the bunny so much. So on the way home, she was just snuggling the bunny in the back seat and squeezing it so tight with love. And when they got home, the parents opened the door and the bunny was dead because the little kid suffocated the bunny with love. And that's what parents do to their kids by suffocating them. Mm -hmm. Like that you need to let go and give them room to breathe like in any relationship. Whether it's an intimate relationship, a business relationship, a mother-son relationship, you need to give them room to breathe and to discover who they are mm -hmm. and to make mistakes and to be free. And normally when you do that, the kid will come to you for guidance. Yeah. You don't need to be there over their shoulder micromanaging everything about their life. Did you do your homework? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you clean the dishes? Like, let go a little bit. Breathe. Like, for your own sake, like stop stressing so much about these little things and realize that you're your own human too. Yeah. Like us from speaking from this perspective of being the child in this case, or being the daughter or the son, like we want you to be your own person too. Like we realize you're more than just being a mom. I know, but they, like you, they don't see that. They think that they've devoted their entire life to us and that we've become their life, like life. Yes. But it all comes yes. it all comes back to attachment and codependency and, and and they're just dependent on us to feel good. And that's right. that's their work. They're they're gonna have to do that at some point or another because we're just we're only gonna get older and we're only going to have more independence, more we're, we're gonna just beat we're gonna beat to our own drum. Well, how is that saying? How does that saying go? <laughs> um what is it called it's something to the beat of your own drum yeah we're gonna just do that you know march so, to the beat of your own drum there you go okay? i'm foreign yeah. guys okay english is not my first language <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's 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 easier said than done but that's what that's where i think that we can learn from right we can we can see that the issue is attachment and we can learn and, and tell ourselves that in our future we need to expect change because change is the only constant and that yes they're going to be our little baby for however long they're going to be a baby but there's going to be different phases in that life and we need to expect change and to not be as attached as our parents were to us and that doesn't mean we love them any less right exactly and if, if we turn this non-attachment around on us like let's 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 turn the conversation towards us like let's take full personal responsibility for navigating these insights that we're learning about our relationship with our parents because mm -hmm. we certainly can't control them mm -hmm. like Which just like they can't just like they can no longer control us it's like we can't control them 
we can't control how they react to our decisions. We can't control how they react to our mistakes. We can't control how they react to anything that we do, but we can control how we navigate it. And I guess what I'm like, what I'm feeling intuitively right now is that I need to just love my mom and love my family for where they're at and not feel like they need to be at this state of consciousness with me. They don't need to be here with me. I need to love them where they're at. It's hard. It's hard. Very hard. You want to share this with people. You want to share this knowledge because it helps you love yourself and live in such lightness and acceptance of you. And just, it's not as stressful as all the stress that comes with, with family, but yeah, you have to love them for who they are. And then maybe they'll just come to you. Like you said, you know, like when we try to change someone or influence someone or teach them our ways, in a sense, we're doing the same thing that they were doing to us. We're, we're smothering, yes. we're like choking, <laughs> you know? So just let go, let go. It might take five years, 10 years, whatever, but who knows, like maybe your mom will come back and be like, hey, like, you know, I saw this documentary, like Fantastic Fungi or whatever, just was on Netflix or something. Like now I see what you, you know, were thinking and right. maybe she would open that conversation with you. We see things so right now, you know, like even me, like when I fight with my mom, when I don't like when she says something, I see it right now, but in hindsight, like in, in 10, 20 years, like that, none of the shit that she says to me is pissing me off right now will ever matter. Right. It's so true. So we just need to let go a little bit more. Same thing. It's really all about letting go, letting go of expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, mom, I'm sorry for ever expecting you to do anything. Like, I, ch- I chose to come into this world. I should not even expect you to be there as my mom, but you were. And there's a lot of people who may not have had moms, yeah. may have had moms who walked out on them, may have had moms who got addicted to drugs and neglected them. There may be moms who were alcoholics and weren't there for their their kids. There may be moms who just emotionally and and physically and psychologically abused you. So like, mom, I'm grateful for you and everything that you've done. And I hope, and I know, not even I hope, I know that we can really create a powerful relationship. And I, it feels great to even be able to say that because I used to just tell my mom like, or think like once I'm out of the house, I never want to see my mom again. But that's not what I want. No, not at all. No, it's not. I was just going to say something and it slipped my mind, man. (laughs) It'll come back if it's meant to be said. Ah, it was solid gold. (laughs) Oh, wait, it came back. Okay. See, like you're setting healthy boundaries. Like you needed to, you know, kind of get out for a second and that's what you did. And by you doing that, like you're giving yourself the space to let go and breathe so that you can come back later and not have that resentment and all that anger and all that. That's what boundaries are for. They're so important in creating a healthy relationship. In any relationship. In any relationship, of course. And and I don't think our parents did the best job of kind of laying down the boundaries for themselves. You know, they cut, I'm sure they overextended themselves. I'm, I'm sure they, they have like taken too much burden, too much responsibility for their kids growing up and like they didn't place those boundaries and they kind of got sucked into this world of just being a mom or being a dad or whatever and yeah. they forgot that their own their own human being who needs to place those boundaries because hey, when you're on a plane what do they tell you to do before putting a mask on your kids put a mask on yourself mm-hmm. because you're not gonna you're not going to be able to take care of your kids unless you take care of yourself first and so many mothers i think lose sight of that you know they think that like if they love their children more than they love themselves and they devote every single aspect of their life to their children that like you know that's it like it's just gonna make them happy but you know the child turns 18 21 they start to move out and creating their own life you're left at you know like my mom you know she i'm the i'm the last child i'm the last baby i'm I'm soon to be out of the house and she doesn't she's never worked a day in in her life in, in america at least and she has nothing for her and that's something that really hurts hurt me because right. I want her to have some sense of independence or some sense of individuality where she feels gratification from just being herself. Yep. I want everybody in the world to feel that. Yeah. But it's Free. like 
free. Do like, yeah, don't lose sight of yourself no matter what you're doing. Like, like do the things that make you feel that's why like rituals are so important to me. Like, because if I don't meditate in the morning and if I don't work out and if I don't do my thing, like I lose sight of me. And then all of a sudden emotions come in, like fear based emotions come in, anxieties come in and, and I just you know, right. You like you need to always stay congruent and connected with your values your dreams your virtues your desires and i feel like a lot of times parents lose track of that and it's understandable because everything becomes about taking care of your kid and that's a huge sacrifice that we don't understand at all nope, at all not yet yeah it's a lot it's energetically emotionally physically like money wise everything it's just a lot it's a lot right so i try yeah. not to, to be so critical of my of my mom but it's just when you're in the same roof that's when it's hard <laughs> right 100 and i i guess what do you think are some like good ways to start creating like a new relationship and a new like a more powerful relationship with our parents like we've tried in the past but what do you feel like is not working and what do you feel like you need to do going forward to create like the best and most authentic relationship with your mom? I feel like it's just like, maybe it's me specifically. I think I just need to continue being me and listening to my intuition and whatever I feel called to. And if it might not align with whatever vision my mom had, that's not my problem. Right. Not. And I need to be okay with that. Like you told me like a couple two weeks ago when I felt like I was disappointing my mother for whatever reason, you told me you're you, you have to be yourself and, and by being yourself you're gonna end up disappointing them whether you like it or not. It's just yes. a byproduct of being you because it's not exactly what they like you don't even know their vision. You don't even know what they see for you because you you can't even be in their head. So right. I think just sticking to yourself and being okay and not feeling guilty for making the decisions that you feel called to is the best way because you're just you're teaching them this is me and this is all i'm gonna do and you have to respect it right. and i feel like that's such an important important point that i kind of want to expand on a little bit is you're going to have to disappoint your parents yeah. at some point most people are living their life trying to prove something to their parents, trying to get the love from their parents, trying to get validation from their parents. And often we seek that out in our relationships is like mm -hmm. the same dynamic that we had with our mom and our dad is like, who did we have to be to get love from our mom? Yeah. And then who did we have to be to get love from our dad? And mother room, like, mother room, yeah. Right. So like, and then often that shows up in other relationships and your other actions, like, if you needed to be like loud and um, um, what's the word? Like you needed to be, um, yeah, you needed to seek attention to get love from your parents. You needed to cry. And then now often that turns out into people just crying on social media to get support and mm -hmm. like compassion and empathy from other people. It's like, that's just people's, that's, that's the way people learn to get love from their parents. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're going to continue to try to get love from other people. It's that inner child, you know, it's just, it's, we have right. to feel that inner child. Like, we have to understand it at least. That's why we have to look at our relationship with our parents and look at what we like and what we didn't like and what part of what we didn't and be aware right. of it so we can grow because everything's connected. All relationships are interconnected. Right. So, right. Exactly. We can't go oblivious to that. We can't ignore it. Right. And, I, and I'm lucky enough to have a mom who did support me in the decisions that I would make for like my my life and my career. Like she was never one of those parents who was like, you need to be an engineer or a doctor or a scientist or yeah. else you're not in the family anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know there's so many cultures, especially like a lot of Asian cultures, a lot mm -hmm. of Indian cultures. They raise their kids to believe that you need to follow this one path or else you're not good enough or you're a disgrace to the family. Mm -hmm. And if there's anybody listening out there who has parents like that, I'm so sorry that you were raised to believe that in order to be loved, in order to be good enough, that you needed to attain all these things and be like, be this really successful, 
brain surgeon to be good enough. Like you are worthy of love regardless. Period. Period. Like, reg- period. Reading. Yeah. Period. Like there's no an- if. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. There's just you are worthy of love mm-hmm. regardless of how much you fuck up, regardless of what career path you take, regardless regardless of how much money you make. You are worthy of love. And this is something that we can only train ourselves to believe. Yeah. This is something that we can only teach ourselves mm-hmm. to believe. And it's almost like we need to become our own teacher because unfortunately we didn't have parents that were raised that way to were raised that way themselves. Yeah, we have to reparent like, ourselves. Right, exactly. I always tell people, be who you needed when you were 10 years old. Be who you were needed when you were 13. Yeah, I said that to you yesterday. Like, Be who you, your 13-year-old self needed at the time when your parents told you that you weren't good enough if you didn't do this. Or when um, Sally or Johnny told you you were fat in school and it made you cry. Like, Be who you needed at the time to make you know that you are worthy of love, that you are good enough, that you are beautiful, that you are safe, and that you are capable. Like, that's who you need to be for yourself right now when the pain comes up, when the doubt comes up, when the fears come up, when the worries come up. Be that for yourself because that's really just your inner child asking for some love. Mm-hmm. It's just calling, mommy, love me, mommy, love me. Tell me it's gonna be okay, hold me. Mm-hmm. That's really what all of us are seeking. We're just seeking that. No, we're just, we're just seeking seek- love. We're seeking to be heard. We're seeking mm-hmm. to be acknowledged. We're seeking to be loved. We're seeking to be accepted. And if we don't give that to ourselves, we're going to spend our life trying to manipulate others into giving that to ourselves. And that's no one can give that to you, but you, not your partner, not your mom, not, not your friends, just you love yourself. Now, what would you, what would you do? Like, what would you, if someone has like, like parents who use guilt tricks, right? And and manipulation, like, what would you do for someone who's listening? Or what would you tell for someone who's listening who wants to break out of it, but is so sucked into the guilt? Because I remember it was so hard for me to get out of that. Who like feel, who are feeling guilty for their decisions that they're making. Feeling guilty for even, yeah, for whatever they're feeling is right. They're even feeling like they don't want to do a certain thing. They're just feeling guilty constantly from their parents. Um, I'll say this, I think I said this to you, is like, once you shatter, like once you throw a rock at the mirror uh, or the image of who your parents want you to be, like by being something different, by embracing your truth, by living your truth, you're going to disappoint them and you're going to shatter the image of who they wanted you to be. And they're going to maybe dis- be disappointed in you. And you may feel guilty for not being who your parents wanted you to be, but that's not your job. That's really not your job to satisfy your parents' needs for your life. Like, this is your life. So, like, if you feel guilty, like, one, there's, this is, like, there's many different stories to this because, like, if you're still living at home with your parents and, like, this is, like, a now thing where they're making you feel guilty for, like, let's say you're, like, you're applying to schools because your parents want you to be a doctor, but, like, you really want to be an artist and you're feeling guilty if you don't follow that path for your parents. You really just need to ask yourself, what's more important? Are you, no. are, like, what's more important, your happiness or, or, their or their satisfaction? And maybe like pull back your perspective a little bit. It's like, your parents only want you to be that because they think it's gonna make you happy. Your parents only want you to be rich and successful and to be a doctor or whatever it is because they think it's gonna make you happy. But if you don't think it's gonna make you happy, you're not going to make them happy in like regardless, because you may satisfy their their uh, their desires right now by going to school to become a doctor. But in the long run, if you're not happy with that, they're not going to be really fulfilled. You're only going to satisfy their ego. So are you are you gonna spend your life trying to satisfy your parents' egos and their fears or are you going to help them learn how yeah. to appreciate you and love you for who you actually are and and, ev- you- and eventually they will like eventually they will like once you break that image and start really owning your truth and really owning who you are 
It may take five years. It may take 10 years. It may take 20 years, but eventually, and it may never happen. Your parents may die before they learn to accept you for who you are. You're but, still teaching them that lesson. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And what if that's exactly the, your purpose here, you know, to, to help them grow? Like, they might not say it to you. You don't know their, their inner dialogue, but they might look at you and they might think, wow, my child is brave. They're, they're, they're doing their own thing. And, you know, you just got to stick to yourself because if you don't live authentically, you're going to wake up like in someone else's dream, just hating your life. Yes. And, and, and fill, filled with resentment and inner and resentment towards yourself because you've never done a thing for yourself and then right you start from, from scratch so exactly and even if you get that love from your parents for being successful or for being a doctor or for being an engineer or being whatever your parents wanted you to be you're not going to feel that love because it's not you they're giving love to this like false fabrication yeah. or idea or personality that you've created in an attempt to get their love. They love your mask, but they don't even know who you are underneath. And you're always going to feel that void. You're always going to feel that lack. You're always going to feel that, that, um, that missing piece to yep. yourself because you, you didn't, didn't honor it. You didn't honor yourself. Exactly. Like my older brother, he followed everything to a T. Like, I mean, he went above and beyond, you know, and above more than my parents ever expected of him and he thought that that would win their love and he thought that that would win their acceptance and stuff and he still struggles with things that i struggle with even though he's achieved all these things you know so no matter what you have to listen to yourself and that's what he's coming to terms with now at 32 and that's right. why he's listening to whatever he wants to do and moving and this and that whatever so right yeah. right exactly what about you like i know this is something that you experience that we talked about like last week is like feeling guilty for not being this perfect Jewish child that your mom wants you to be. I'm still with it. I'm still feeling that, that guilt. I mean, I, I feel it every day and I feel it every moment, but I just, I, I know that following my path and listening to what I'm doing is right, no matter what. And she might not like the things that are going to happen. And I, I don't know what's going to happen, but she's going to end up feeling it. And that's her lesson because she needs to open her mind and she needs to see that what she's telling me to do isn't my, isn't my thing. But I don't know, like I had that guilt today. She triggered me about the way I spoke to my nephew and it pissed me off. It did. That's why like I had to, I had to go for a walk for two hours to, to remember who I am again and do something that made me feel good about me because I, I'm not wrong. I'm not a piece of shit because I spoke English to my nephew. Cause that's the, the automatic feeling I get anytime I, I'm not approving, I'm not getting the approval. I feel like I'm less than what I am. It's not true. Right. So every time I feel that I remind myself, you're still good. Like you're still fine. That You're just pissing off your mom to the world, to other people. You're not hurting anyone. Now, how do you think people who don't have like this, like higher consciousness and spiritual awareness, how do they do that? Because you're able to kind of bring yourself back to yourself. I'm able to bring myself back into a remembrance of who I am after these triggers and after these things happen. But like for someone who doesn't even have a taste of that, like, I know. I how, think do they, that, how do they get there? I think that they have to need to be, get to a point where they're just so done with feeling the guilt and feeling the anger and feeling all that, those emotions that they want to make a change. And I think that by making a change, they have to get curious about themselves and go inward and see how they're even feeling, mm. see what, what they're feeling, you know, identify it, write it down, see, you know, make it physical and then just going within, because when you go within, you start to realize, you start to listen to your voice, you start to, to realize you have a voice and you have this, this, this essence of who you are. And then you don't feel guilty for choosing you. Right. So I, I, I really think you, as someone, in that position needs to find time to figure themselves out, whether that be meditation or, or I think what you just said, don't feel guilty for choosing you. So important. And you should write that down because it's so powerful. Like really don't feel guilty for choosing you in any area of your life. Like don't feel guilty for doing what you know is true to you. Because if you don't have truth, like if you don't, if you don't, if you're not honest with yourself, 
you don't really have like this, you don't have like a map for your reality. You don't have like something to guide you. But if you have that truth to guide you, you kind of have that inner knowing of like, if I, I'm doing what's true to me, so I know I'm doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. And it feels right. Yeah. But I also think that it totally. takes time. <laughs> it, it took me, it took me, I mean, a year. I started, I, no, a year and a half. I started to realize that my parents raised me in, in a certain way that I might not have liked. There's things that I did like, there's things that I didn't like. And I, I had to go through that shadow work. It was a lot. Last year was, was a crazy year for me. And I, I got into a lot of fights with my parents because I didn't like certain things that they did. But then after I realized that those fights brought me nowhere, they literally didn't solve a thing. And I had to sit with myself and forgive my parents for, first of all, they did the best that they could, you know, and, and, and my parents had their own abuse and they've never dealt with their own abuse. So I'm not excusing them by saying like, Hey, these are hurt people, but I understand why they did the things that they did. And understanding and having empathy will heal you and will, will allow you to be near and around them without feeling like you need to attack them to defend yourself. Josh? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what happened. I literally unplugged my headphones oh, and no. I could hear you, but every time I spoke, you couldn't hear me, so... Okay, all right. Uh, we're back. You remember what I said? Um, no, I didn't. Do you remember what you were talking about? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that I was saying something about, like, you know, that it takes time and that um, I had to understand. Like, I also understood that my parents had their own trauma that they probably dealt with and their own inner trauma that was speaking in the house. So, I had to just be empathetic to them rather than hold resentment. But it's right. I think the empathy is the most important part. It's like have empathy mm-hmm. for your parents and realize that your parents are also their own human beings. Mm-hmm. Like we like like I was talking about our, before. It's like our parents looking at us just as their children and not as like their own human beings. But we do the same exact thing. Like we look at our parents as just their parents, but like. We forget that they, like they, they were once our age with their own dreams, with their mm-hmm. own, with their own goals. And, and we may have been like, like, I, I've never thought about this until this point. Like my mom may have had like huge dreams that were cut off because she had to become a mom that yeah. she didn't expect. And like, she literally put off of her, put off her dreams to take care of us. Yeah. And we never realized that. Yeah, we, 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 we see our parents as just parents. We forget that they are people who had parents of their own, who had their own pain, and they have their own emotions and their own insecurities. And, and, and it's, not, it's not fair to do that to them. If we are expecting them to see us more than just their child, we should start to see them as a person. And that's what I think I started to do, even when I fight with my mom. Rather than like be on the defense like I used to be and just scream back at her and just shut her out because I want to be right, it's not about being right, it's about getting to the resolution. So I have yes. to go back to the way and I look at her with empathetic eyes and I start to just listen to her. I'm not going to change the thing, but I understand the solution. I understand the solution. And coming from an empathetic place, she starts to get on her butt and she'll be more empathetic with me. Exactly. So I think learning how to like, de- like diffuse, like when, when like the energies become too chaotic and like you just enter like these nonsensical arguments with, with really anybody, but like our parents to be specific, we need to really like one become aware of when it becomes just like this back and forth battle that's really not going anywhere. And then kind of, cause my mom isn't the one that's ever the one to do it. Like I always have to be the one to be like, okay, like this isn't getting anywhere. Like let's take a breath, take a step back. And often, and often like she sees that as me, like trying to be the parent and she gets extra triggered by that. Yeah. My mom does too, but then I just do it. Cause like, 
they they want they want to be the one in that position, and they get so mad that their own child is telling them, "Hey, this isn't this isn't doing anything." Right. But once you actually create that physical distance, five ten minutes of time, and you come back and you speak about it. Right. What do you do? Like, what do you do in times when you're you're kind of getting caught in like this back and forth with your mom or your parents? Um, it's so hard. It's so hard because she she knows the best to check. But I just I didn't think to breathe. Like, I do breathing is just like while she's doing it. And I'm just kind of into it. I think it's too bad. Like, the last time we had it, I really, really good. But this is just I don't know. What are you thinking? Isn't it okay? All the is to understand you and that you need to meet and we can move forward. So let's just talk. Cheval, mm-hmm. your your voice is like very robotic. Is it? Well, now it's better, but it's it sounded like you're like underwater and like malfunctioning. Oh no! <laughs> How is it now? It's a little bit better now. But you also sound like distant. Really? Yeah, but it's weird. Okay, you you sound fine too. What do I need to do? Am I better now? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm gonna say this. I love you, mom. I love you, all you moms out there, all you parents out there. Thank you for all you do. I think this is a good place to cut this episode because our mics are starting to screw up. But Cheval, we should do this every day. No, we really should. Oh, my God. This is just like, wow, so much power. (laughs) I literally just pick a new topic every single day. and We have a lot to talk about. We got a lot to say. I could talk forever. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I know that. I know you can. You're a talker. <laughs> You're definitely Wait, a talker. I want to say to the mothers, whoever is listening out there, this is me honoring you and we love you so much. We are not trying to like come at any mother ever. We are just trying to understand the relationship with mother. <laughs> yes. And we invite you to come on an episode with us and talk about it. Yes. Let's we do would- that. Mama, I would love to have you on. You're a life coach too, so we can. I'm sure we can have a have a good conversation. My mom, <laughs> my mom would be speaking in Hebrew. That's it. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get your mama on someday. Gosh, thank you for being my first guest ever, and this was an amazing episode. Thank so you I'm for having me. Oh my God! Yes, we're gonna we're gonna do this weekly. Whatever. Many, many more to come of the Sunflower Rose podcast. Yes, I love that. <laughs> All right, All love. Right.